Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. The unsolved murder of Seth Rich. How the story spread, warped, and revealed a truth. Fake news dies hard. And the two members of the Trump campaign, who Russia identified as its best chance of influencing Donald Trump. It's Thursday, May 25th. Last week, a story reemerged in the media, a kind of case study of how and why fake news endures. My colleague Michael Grimbaum traced the story back to its beginning. Well, it starts on a July evening last summer in the Bloomingdale neighborhood of Washington, where a young man named Seth Rich was murdered. He was shot in the back. His body was found later that night. He was walking home from a bar on the phone with his girlfriend. The initial reports uh, from the D.C. police was that this was a a failed robbery attempt. And what's significant about this guy, Seth Rich? Seth was a staffer at the Democratic National Committee, which uh, at the time, this was in the run-up to the political conventions, they were working to help Hillary Clinton's campaign. So what's the media coverage of his death early on? So it's not every day that uh, a DNC staffer is murdered in the streets of Washington. Family and friends are grieving the loss of a young man killed in D.C. over the weekend. And it was reported, as you might imagine, uh, a local crime story was. He's from Nebraska. He came to Washington to get involved in politics. He wanted to make the world a, a better place. The police couldn't find the assailant. MPD is looking into the possibility that Rich's murder is connected to other recent robberies in this neighborhood. The strap of his wristwatch had been uh, torn at, hmm. and it was essentially a, a tragedy. Today, I talked to his mom by phone. They took his life for literally no reason. They didn't finish robbing him. They just took his life. So when do the varying versions of this story begin to pop up? So the first time that Seth Rich came up in a different context was actually an interview that Julian Assange, uh, the WikiLeaks founder, Mm -hmm. gave to a Dutch television station of all places. Uh, Whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered, Uh, just two weeks ago uh, for unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So That was was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, there's no finding. So uh, that's the sort of... What are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources, 
uh, take risks and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States. At the time that Assange gives this interview, it's right as the speculation about Russian ties to Trump's campaign is starting to really pick up. Well, Brianna, this is not going to go away despite Manafort stepping down from his uh, role in the Trump campaign. And uh, there had been reports from the intelligence community that Russians were behind the DNC hack. Right. This just into CNN Russian hacker has managed to infiltrate the computer network at the Democratic National Committee. And what information did they apparently zero in on? Well, the opposition research file on one Mr. Donald J. Trump. But it was right around that moment when the notion that maybe Seth Rich was the source, something that had never been suggested before, never been suggested back when he was murdered in, in, in D.C., WikiLeaks putting up the reward, $20,000, to find out who killed the kid who worked at DNC. Suddenly this idea is floated by, mm -hmm. by WikiLeaks. Says, we treat threats toward any suspected WikiLeaks sources with extreme gravity. And some right-wing pundits start to pick up on it. Was this kid the WikiLeaks source? Is this an alternate explanation for how these emails got out there? I wonder why this isn't the lead in the news. You know, the 27-year-old, why, why, who murdered Seth Rich? The 27-year-old. Is this an alternate theory that would leave the Russians out of this equation? And if you follow that thread, it potentially gives an out, essentially, to the Trump campaign. And to the Russians. And to the Russians. It's kind of interesting, Michael, because Julian Assange is seen as very close to the Russians, as a rogue figure constantly challenging American military secrecy, American intelligence community secrecy, not exactly a friend of the American conservative world. And it sounds like through this process, he becomes allied and partnered in some ways with conservative media in this story. Yeah. There's no question they're strange bedfellows. And this actually brings us to Sean Hannity of Fox News. I traveled to London to sit down with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange in an attempt to set the record straight. Sean Hannity flies to England to interview Julian Assange, not specifically about Seth Rich, mm -hmm. but to talk about his involvement uh, in the presidential election last year. Now, the idea of Sean Hannity having an exclusive interview with someone who Hannity himself was deriding as an enemy of, of the American mm -hmm. people just a couple of years ago is in itself pretty unusual. Mm -hmm. But during this interview, Assange yet again. Did Russia give you this information or anybody associated with Russia? Uh, our source is not a state party. So uh, the, the answer for our interactions is no. Brings up the idea that Seth Rich's murder is directly tied to the DNC leaks. Again, with no evidence. No evidence is offered for this. But Although when, presumably Julian Assange would possess such evidence since he is the recipient of those leaks. Well, this is what Hannity actually now says on a fairly day-to-day -day basis on his Fox News show. that In all the years WikiLeaks, 11 years, they've never been proven wrong. 
Assange is the one who knows the source. WikiLeaks are the ones who publish these emails. Mm. Of course he's an authority on this. Of course, that seems to ignore the fact that Assange is a notorious dissembler who over the years has been very uh, squirrely about the true sources behind his his reporting. Okay. So then what happens with the Seth Rich story? Does this kind of just simmer along for a few months? Where does it go? Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think that months after this leak, months after the election was over, that the story of Seth Rich would have would have faded away. But it became more critical to conservative voices on the right wing as the Russian speculation heated up. So, you know, we're now in a stage where almost every day there's some new revelation suggesting some links between Russian intelligence and a member of Trump's inner circle. Mm-hmm. That's a narrative that the right wing media is not not thrilled about. Then you got the tin foil hat conspiracy theories about President Trump colluding with the Russians, despite up to this point no evidence that these liberal crackpots they've been pushing forever. Where's the evidence? It undermines the president, the man that a lot of them supported uh, during mm-hmm. the election. It suggests that Trump's victory was in in some ways illegitimate; that he was aided by mm-hmm. the interference of a foreign government. So. The temptation of a theory that there's another explanation for what happened during the campaign, that maybe the Russians had nothing to do with it, that maybe that leak came directly from a young, obscure staffer who isn't here to offer his side of the story, Mm. became much more alluring to a lot of these voices, including Sean Hannity. And we started to see it bubble up more and more. So then what happens to bring us to today? an investigator named Rod Wheeler. Nearly a year now after Seth Rich was killed, a private investigator says he has evidence that could link Rich's murder to his work with the DNC. He'd been hired to figure out uh, the truth behind this crime. Mm -hmm. And he claimed that he had direct evidence that Seth Rich's computer had been accessed, that he had essentially stolen these emails from the DNC and provided them Mm -hmm. to WikiLeaks. I believe that the answer to... Solving his death lies on that computer. Now, under further questioning, Wheeler admitted that he had no corroborating evidence of this. But there was a local Fox News affiliate in Washington, D.C. that picked up the story and ran with it. New information from the family's private investigator suggests there is tangible evidence on Seth Rich's laptop that confirms he was communicating with WikiLeaks prior to his death. Now, the question And that resulted in Fox News, the national network, hmm. putting a story up on its website. That was really the breakthrough moment where uh, what you and I might think about as the mainstream conservative press uh, started to really go to town on the story. And and tell me what you mean by that. When you say there's a breakthrough in the mainstream conservative press, what kind of figures start covering it? What does it look like? When I talk about the the larger conservative press, I mean Sean Hannity's show that gets around three million viewers Mm -hmm. a night. Now, if true, this could become one of the biggest scandals in American history and could mean that Rich could have been murdered under very suspicious circumstances. And then people like Newt Gingrich. We have this very strange story now of this young man who worked for the Democratic National Committee who apparently was assassinated at four in the morning. Who Uh, went on Fox shows, started talking about it on primetime television. Because it turns out it wasn't the Russians. Uh, It was this young guy who I suspect was disgusted uh, by the corruption of the Democratic National Committee. He's been killed and apparently nothing serious has been done to investigate his murder. And then there's Rush Limbaugh. Are you aware, ladies and gentlemen, named Seth Rich? And he started really uh, making this a major theme of his daily broadcasts. This story is now starting to get legs that Seth Rich 
was murdered. Asking why has nobody looked into the truth behind Seth Rich's murder? It was a contract hire killing because he was leaking the WikiLeaks. He was the one. So it turns out the private investigator was recommended to the Rich family by a man named Ed Butowski, who we recently learned is a conservative activist who's tied to the Mercers, who are friends with Steve Bannon and Breitbart News and that whole gang. And who I believe funded Donald Trump's candidacy for president. Exactly. The Rich family has since said they regretted bringing on this investigator and they've disavowed what he's been saying to the press. Just to sum this up, the person who brings this story to Fox is actually the investigator looking into this murder on behalf of the Rich family, which has since disavowed this investigator and his story. And this same investigator was connected to the Rich family by a prominent supporter of Donald Trump's. You've got it. Michael, how does the story to this point, this journey it's made, illustrate the life of essentially a fake news story? It's like a contagion in some ways. Hmm. I mean, here's a story that grabbed hold of a lot of people's imaginations. Look, Fox News retracted this story this week. Hmm. They put out a statement saying that this wasn't subjected to our editorial standards. We can no longer stand behind it. We're removing it from the website. And yet the day after that, a sitting congressman goes on CNN and says, My fear is our constant focusing on the Russians is uh, deflecting away for some other things that we need to be investigating in. There's still some question as to whether the intrusion at the DNC server was an insider job or whether or not it was the Russians. What, no what evidence? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What you, the insider job, what are you referring to here? Because I hope it's not this information that Fox News just refused to be reporting. So these stories, once they get out there, it's, it's, it's hard to bring them back in. So you're saying that the damage is done? That's right. Even when Fox News retracted the story. Hannity went on television a few hours after that. I totally, completely understand how upset, how hard this is on this family, especially over the recent coverage of Seth's death. Said out of the sympathy for the family. I am not discussing this matter at this time. But then he said to my loyal audience... I promise you I am not going to stop doing my job to the extent of my ability. I am not going to stop trying to find the truth. He made it clear that this is going to be a crusade that continues one way or another. Hmm. Michael, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Michael. On Wednesday, advertisers began to pull their ads from Sean Hannity's show on Fox as he continued to promote his version of Seth Rich's death. We'll be right back. This fall, history is happening. September 14th, 2021. Hamilton, the Tony, Grammy, Olivier, and Pulitzer Prize-winning musical, returns to Broadway. Tickets are on sale now. Performances begin September 14th. Hamilton, back on Broadway at the Richard Rogers Theater. Learn more at hamiltonmusical.com. Matt, what are you and your colleagues now learning about the Russian side of all of this? What we're learning is that, you know, the Russians by early summer were talking and debating, deliberating about what they wanted to get done. My colleague, Matt Rosenberg. 
how far they wanted to go in the election and kind of interfering in and meddling. Hmm. And they were talking specifically about individual Trump aides and associates who they thought they could work with, who they thought, you know, these are guys who we have ties to and we think we can use them to either influence Trump or to aid our efforts. I mean, that's a big wow that they have debates that the U.S. intelligence community can overhear about how they're going to meddle. Who do the Russians decide that they should go after? So we're hearing there were a lot of conversations focused on Paul Manafort, who at the time was Trump's campaign chairman, and Michael Flynn, who was at that point his kind of senior national security advisor, would go on to become the national security advisor in the Mm -hmm. White House when Trump took office. What does it tell us about the Trump campaign, that it was filled with people who could have been targeted in this way and that the Russians saw as ideal potential targets? And I think it tells you kind of how much of a group of outsiders it really was. Mm-hmm. There aren't a whole lot, especially on the national security side, there aren't a whole lot of big national security types in Washington who are particularly pro-Russian or have any substantive ties to Russia. And General Flynn certainly did have ties to Russian officials. Manafort had spent years lobbying for Viktor Yanukovych, who is the deposed president of Ukraine. It emerged in August that there had been millions of dollars in payments that were shown on a secret ledger to him from the party of, of Mr. Yanukovych, his political party. And when that came out, they just his position in the Trump campaign became totally untenable. You know, you can't be taking secret undisclosed payments, millions of dollars worth, from the deposed Ukrainian president who's now in exile in Moscow right. and is seen as, like, you know, incredibly close to Russian intelligence. That just That's not going to fly. And, and these are just not the standard kind of profiles of, of typical right. – kind of campaign people. And look, that's not always a bad thing. You know, there are a lot of things about Washington that I think a lot of Americans would change if they could. And Trump certainly promised to do that. And in some ways, the people who staffed his campaign reflected that. All right. With that in mind, Matt, we give listeners update after update into what we describe as ties between the Trump world and Russia. And I wonder if there's anything you can say that helps make sense of why we keep reporting on this day after day when it's not entirely clear that there's any wrongdoing that's taken place within the Trump campaign or Trump administration. I'm going to have to think about this for a second. Um, I think our country deserves to know who it elected under what circumstances, but also one of the ways we find out who we elected is we find out how they address this level of adversity. Do they come out and say, you know what, this is bad, we're going to get to the bottom of it, and I'm going to support whatever investigations need to be supported. And if people did wrong, they're going to go to prison or whatever you do. Or to be just denied out of existence. And there have been really interesting moments where you see mm-hmm. people on the right who are fervently anti-Russia making excuses. People on the left kind of sounding like they're red baiting sometimes. I mean, it's, it's a confusing time. And that's one of the reasons you keep reporting on it as well. But it really does, I think, tell us a lot about where we are that this issue could divide us so deeply and so quickly. Matthew, as always, thank you very much. Thanks, man. Bye. Here's what else you need to know today. Somebody else put that bomb together, and are you searching for that person? Is this a search now for a bomb meeting? I think it's very clear that this is a network that we are investigating. On Wednesday, British police raced to track down other suspected members of what they are now calling a network that they say helped Salman Abadi, the suicide bomber responsible for the country's deadliest terror attack since 2005. 
British officials arrested Abadi's older brother, while police in Libya arrested his father and his younger brother, who they say was planning a separate terror attack. And the Congressional Budget Office is estimating that the Republican health care bill passed in the House last month would force 23 million Americans to lose their health insurance over the next decade. The report makes clear Trump care would be a cancer on the American health care system, causing costs to skyrocket, making coverage unaffordable for those with pre-existing conditions and many seniors, and kicking millions off their health insurance. The CBO report could doom the legislation in the Senate, where moderate Republicans are wary of the plan, and Democratic Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says it has no chance of passage. This report ought to be the final nail in the coffin of the Republican effort to sabotage our health care system. Finally, hours before voters in Montana went to pick their next congressman in a closely watched special election. And we'll talk to you about that later. Yeah, but there's not going to be time. I'm just curious if you okay, have speak with right Shane, now. please. But you don't... Just... Sick and tired of you guys. The last Jesus time you came here, you did the same thing. Get the hell out of here. Jesus. Get the hell out of here. A reporter for The Guardian, Ben Jacobs, asked the Republican candidate Greg Gianforte about the CBO report. According to Fox News reporters in the room, Gianforte grabbed Jacobs by the throat, threw him to the ground, and began punching him. The last guy did the same thing. You were The Guardian? Yes, and you just broke my glasses. You, the last guy did the same damn thing. You just body slammed me and broke my glasses. Get the hell out of here. You'd like me to get the hell out of here, I'd also like to call the police. Shortly after, Gianforte's campaign issued a statement saying the reporter had entered his office without permission and that, quote, it's unfortunate that this aggressive behavior from a liberal journalist created this scene. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. When times became uncertain... Womply pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Womply has helped 1 million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Womply helps small businesses thrive. Visit womply.com to learn more.